Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 484 with the phenomenal and delightful Rose Abdu. If you are a fan of hacks or, quite honestly, any number of the myriad of millions of things that Rose has been a part of, uh, she is so warm, so funny, so smart. Uh, definitely have a major friend crush on her. I know you're going to love this episode. I do want to quickly announce that I actually had to pull out of Salt Lake Fanex because of a job. So even though I said the last two weeks that I would be there... I can't be there. I'm so sorry. Um, And uh, maybe this affects no one, but hopefully I'll have another. I do have some uh, other appearances coming up that hopefully I'll be able to announce soon. And in the meantime, please fall in love with Rose Abdu. Talk to you next week. Okay, so we've covered all of the important 2022 stuff, like whether we both had COVID. Fantastic. (laughs) I just can't get over how every single person, like, you know, there's always things that people don't know about. Yeah. Crazy. I know. We all, we all know what it is. And it's called the same thing. I know. And I live on Corona Drive in Glendale. I'm so sorry. Like the worst, it's like in the beginning, it was like, oh, like the beer. And now I go Corona drive and every person everywhere taking an address down goes Corona. I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the worst was, I remember thinking this in 2020, like, what if your name was Karen Corona? <laughs> Screwed. The Karen. I feel so bad for the Karens. And yet it is the perfect name for that. I do have some cute friends named Karen. I do feel bad, but they have such a sense of humor about it. They don't even care. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I was trying to think if I had ever, I mean, while I want to agree with you, that's the perfect name. I was like, God, and yet every Karen I know is the opposite of that. So, but somehow it works. Yeah, I speak to the manager. They're not those people. They're not those people. I know. I don't, I can't even think of a better name for that. Yeah. That person would be what? I don't even know. I don't know it's, either. The haircut, like when they show the, there's a website that's all the Karen things. I can't get enough of it. I watch that. There's a lot of things I watch now that I think, ooh, pre-pandemic, I never would be sucked into this like loop of. Oh, sure. Of oh, sure. I have stuff that. You work throughout. You're working. The whole time, you know, like people, a lot of people who haven't worked ask me, what's it like to work? What's it like to test all the time? What's it like? And it's like, it just became like, that's just what you have to do. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I remember the first time going back, I went back like in, you know, August or something of, or September of 2020. And it was mm-hmm. like going into the fitting. And that was at the point where the wardrobe people had to wear everything it was like mask safety mask. glasses yeah. and sh- face shield and the paper garments and gloves it's crazy it was but so crazy about our business and how many things we would touch of each other's because when you think yeah. going even just lunch break and you'd hand each other silverware and here's plate and that plate yeah next service and digging into the same thing we're it's such a touchy-feely business absolutely yeah absolutely yeah, yeah i have stuff that like, I already am the person who's like, I- I'm so sorry. There's a bug in my food. I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. There's a bug in my food. Is there any way I could get a different? I'll pay for it. I'll pay for another meal. There's a bug. I feel so bad. I didn't put it there again. Not my fault, but I do feel terrible. And uh, and so <laughs> the Karen thing, being a like white blonde woman, the Karen <laughs> thing ratcheted that up even more to where I'm at the point now where someone could be like, I'm going to need to steal your car. And I would be like, of course, I'm so sorry. <laughs> of course you do. Absolutely. 100%. Please take my car. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. I just, and I'm the person who's like, there's a bug. You need to get rid of it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Lebanese Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. You're going to, you're not going to. Yeah. The the worst thing that can happen to you, if I may say, is someone will be like, she's feisty. Like, that's right. the, like, offensive. That's the racist offensive thing. In New York. And I had written a show about my family and my mother was in it. You know, I imitate my mother all the time. I imitate my mother in so many roles I get cast in that she actually went, you know, if you weren't for mama, you would not have a career. <laughs> so the reviewer wrote her hot blooded Latina mother. And she got so mad at me. And I go, it's not my fault that he thought <laughs> he it's a, that's on him. That's his frame of reference to call you. Hot, but right. she, 
Yeah, she hates when I'm English. Spicy, hot, Latina. We cannot stand. That's her pet peeve. She's 90. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I don't blame her. (laughs) Where did you grow up? In Southfield, Michigan. Okay. Where is it? Is that to the south? And I ask that only because you never know. Southfield, Michigan, be like, no, it's actually the northernmost point of the. You know, things are named so crazy. Everyone from Michigan goes like this. Yes, tell where they're from. Yes, they're mitt in hand. But my um, the suburb is 17 minutes from downtown Detroit proper. Okay, so it's a close suburb. And I grew up between eight and nine mile, really, really close to eight mile in Northland Mall. Like I could walk to eight mile. We lived right off eight mile. Okay. So <laughs> when Eminem's movie came out, my mother's, like, you know, everybody seen thus Eminem eight mile, but in, we don't live in that part of eight mile. Eight <laughs> mile is long. It's a mile. And I don't live in the part that Eminem makes. <laughs> but I got to this dinner party. This woman was wearing a beautiful bracelet. And I said, oh, I love your bracelet. And she goes, oh, thank you, my. My husband got it for me in Detroit. And I go, well, that bracelet and me are the only two cute things that came out of Detroit. Like I was just <laughs> goofing around. Yeah. So afterwards, my husband says to me, do you know who you were sitting next to? I said, no. And she says, you know, Curtis, who directed 8 Mile? And oh, my gosh. Like, what? And it was. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> She's delightful. But it was really like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I kept talking about my mother and what she thinks of Eminem. But anyway, that is the part of Detroit that I'm from is 8 Mile Southfield. Okay. And. Yeah. And I grew up in Michigan and it really was like, you know, typical suburban. When I watch things about a typical suburban, whatever, in the seventies, that was my upbringing. I I was always so jealous of people that lived in the city and took the train places. And, you know, it was like a boring wonder years, kind of like get on your bike, go to your friend's house. Yeah. Yeah. There's no store you could walk to, you know, it was really suburban. I don't like. Yeah. That's not for me either. We're, we're, was Detroit at the time, like in the sort of, um, mythology of your life and your parents and all that was it like watch out for Detroit yeah 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 and we my sister and I worked at downtown in Hudson's this gigantic department store like a 12-story department store that in its heyday was off that because it took up blocks like you could cross over from Farmer Street side to the Woodward side it's just a huge huge famous department store and my father would drive us down there and we worked there People, when they heard my mother let us work in downtown Detroit, but we loved it. We just loved it because there were pockets of it that were still good. But yeah, sure. it was always like, you know, your parents, did. like my husband's from New Jersey and his parents taught him to fear New York City and 42nd Street. Like, I think that's part of yeah. raising kids in the suburbs is you go, don't go to the city. It's too dangerous. Right, <laughs> right. See movies about comic books and go like, oh, my God, it's gossip. Yeah. You know, it's scary. But I love I've loved cities since the time I could even look out a window. I mean, yeah. I, love, I wanted to be like that girl and, you know, walking around high rises and stuff. Yeah. Well, I also feel like it's either one or the other, right? It's either like, watch out because the cities are dangerous because it's packed full of baddies right. or like all the really twisted stuff happens in the <laughs> suburbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that's where all the creeps and, live. Yeah, <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. <laughs> it's like they're both true. Yeah. Don't I worry. They're both party true. That like you go through a a storeroom and it's like, what's this? Just store. And then you open a door and it's like a fabulous nightclub behind like, you know. Oh, sure. Cans or something. That would be. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you definitely sort of, yeah. So you, you sort of had that, like that picture in your mind of all the kind of magical urban stuff that the city potentially has to offer. Even this trip to New York in June, you know, I was like my friend Susie, I think you know, Susie Nakamura, don't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in POTUS on Broadway, and it was so good. But I went. I wasn't going to miss it. I was like, you know, who cares about COVID? I'm going to go. Just that little trip to the city, that weekend in June, it was one of those weekends in New York where the weather's perfect, and it's just, yeah. Told, I came home, and I said, you know, I got COVID. It was worth it. It was worth yeah. it. Just to be in that atmosphere again. I love cities. That's yes. LA's been challenging for me because I don't, I don't love having to get in the car all the time and everything. Oh, sure. Yeah. Where did you live before LA? Chicago. Of course. The city. If you can't live in New York, Chicago, I mean, I don't want to call it the yeah. city, and yet it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I loved it. I lived there for almost 20 years, and I lived okay. all over the North Side, real close to Wrigley Field, actually, at one point. And I love taking the train, and I love everything about it, just the shopping. Ah, oh, I love the people. I love Chicago. I haven't been. I'm supposed before. to go for, I'm supposed to go for uh, C2E2, which is you know, mm. like their Comic Con. The problem is, is that when I go for stuff like that, there's just not a whole lot of downtime. And I think I've been there three times. And the only like I did some live shows at night on um, one of the trips I was there for live shows at night. But I think it might have been during the con as well. So, And it was like 
cold and we would pile into sort of a bus to get, you know, like a like a hotel shuttle kind of sized yeah. bus to get to the venue. And I you're sort of looking to see yeah. like, I think that's Lake Michigan. Right. Um, and then experience it that way. And then I did a un- and then I did a thing at a university. But that was like a quick turnaround. And I was, you know, doing stuff with the kids. And then one the one time I was there that I had a free morning, I like raced to the Institute of Art or the Art Institute oh, so I could see the tiny rooms because I oh, love the miniatures. Thorn rooms. <gasps> the thorn rooms. Really? Yes, yes. Oh, Kindred spirits. I love, love, love miniatures since I'm a kid. And I turned like, I didn't have a dollhouse when I was little. I had a bookcase that I turned into a dollhouse. So now as an adult, I bought a dollhouse. But I yes. realized that the reason I wanted a dollhouse was to have control over decorating because my mother was like, she even had to do my room. Like I didn't get to pick anything. Now uh-huh. the house house as a human being, the dollhouse is like this albatross around my I'm like, now I gotta decorate this. I just <laughs> I just picked up the rugs for the human size living room. Now I gotta well, I have all the furniture, but I smell miniature food out of clay. Yeah. And I yes, love many things. I love anything tiny. And I, yeah. when I would see dollhouses and in the thorn rooms, just want to shrink myself down and oh, get in it's there. So Oh my gosh. They, I've never seen anything the way they play with light so that it really, that is sells it hard. Like the way the light filters in through the curtain, you're like, that's no, you can't convince me that's miniature. I am looking at something real. Let me see this. You been last summer, I was the first time I'd ever been to Tucson. I think I did Second City Tour, but we never did Tucson. We did Scottsdale. Have you been to that museum in Tucson? Here's the thing there's, this is anybody who listens to my podcast. For more than one episode is like about to be mad at me. <laughs> I I'm from Tucson. Can't believe it. I've never I had never <laughs> heard of this place. So I don't know how long it's been there. I know I would have known about it when I was a kid because I was obsessed and and knew where all the little places that sold any dollhouse stuff is. I've ne- and I've never been there. You're young, but I think it's I think it's not. It hasn't been around that long. It must not okay. have. Been, are you? I would know. I just would know. You would know. Because I cause there was definitely like, yeah, our, but I got to go. I, I go. live near there. And every time we drive back and forth to their gated community thing, I was like, miniature museum, miniature museum. And finally I went, I can't say enough about it. I can't okay. say it. You have to go. I almost went the last time I was there, oh. which was the time I discovered it. And I randomly discovered it looking for something else on Google and was like, skim, skim, skim. Wait, it was around this thing. Best. And then I looked at it and was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Best afternoon of my life. What, 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 what do you mean miniature museum? Oh not that God. far from where I grew yeah, up. Now I want you to go so bad so we can talk about it again. I gotta go. Wow. I gotta go. Got a tiny little penny in the gift shop. People a don't love penny. tiny things. Are going right now. Who cares? But I, I have to say, the tiny food that they sell in that gift shop, my tiny yeah. food is better than that tiny food. Are you listening to Sun Miniature Museum? <laughs> I need to see your tiny food. Yes. You can send me pictures. Yes. And then um, on my Instagram, if anyone's listening, at Rose Ebdu, R O A B D O O, I have pictures of different things I've sculpted, but I love, how do we start talking? Oh, Chicago and the Thorn Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Can't get enough of it. Oh, okay. Well, that's we could talk about that forever. And I will say uh, shout out to Sarah Schaefer, who I also spent seems like maybe the whole time on my podcast. We (laughs) talked about miniatures because she was in the process of redoing a dollhouse that she then um, gave to someone, uh, which was lovely. Anyway, yeah, she feels the same. So I want uh, someone to take mine who's going to love it because I belong to I'll just admit it several miniature groups on Facebook that people do the wiring and they do the, yeah. like the moldings. And I feel like I will never be able to do it justice. And it is a really beautiful doll. I will give it to someone who wants. It. So anyone come to my house and come get it. Listen, I got it. I'm not even, I can't, I can't, this, I'm going to have to continue this conversation with you offline. Cause I, <laughs> I can't go into how I worked at a miniature store. Uh, when I was, when I first moved to San Francisco, it was like high end, you know high, we, high, high end. Oh, I worked with recently Mayim Biala. Yeah. On Call Me Cat. And I don't know how it came up. Oh, we were saying different special skills you have listed in your res- on your resume as an actor. <gasps> I, I, I should have gaining and losing weight quickly and uh-huh. miniatures. So she said miniatures. And she had just been to the Tucson Museum. So we started talking. <sighs> I ended up going on her Instagram and seeing the kinds of things she likes to bake human size. And I yeah. see her tiny replicas of the Oh, that's a wonderful gift. We just bonded over there too. So I always feel like when people, you either like love it and get it or you just go. Yeah. You know, which you can understand. It's one of those things where 
you can I I mean, I personally I feel like you're saying this as well, just in the fact that you pointed this out. It's one of those things I can pull back from and be like, yeah. I can super see why you would be like, this is a stupid conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Opposed to being so deep into something where you're like, I just don't understand why everyone wouldn't feel the way I do. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't get it. I know. And I, but that's the bad thing about scrolling late at night is yeah, yeah. into looking at these people who use because I just use my clay. People take the eye, the paints and they shadow it and make the bread look yeah. like it came out of the oven. And I mean, I could just, I don't know where that comes from. Oh. I love, I would give anything. I would love to be in a movie where they shrink me down like a honey. Yes. I want, to, yes. I want that to happen. I, okay, listen, I'm, I'm going to work on that. There's a lot of science that needs to catch up to your desire, but I am going to devote the rest of my life <laughs> to working on that for you. Uh, when did you, what was your high school like? Was it a very suburban high school? Yes, my high school looks just like Rydell High. Okay, yeah. So 1950s looking, it's like classic. If you saw the outside of it, it's not like one of those modern Michigan high schools, which there were, but it's just like, there was House O, House B, House A. Their high school reunion is this weekend. This coming. Oh wow! Yeah, forty years. So um, it was it was fantastic. And I'm one of those people. You know how you'll talk to people that are like they hated high school. I loved high school. I loved it. And I, I had did. a very very special group graduating class of 1980 in Southfield High because the really athletic people were also in choir, and the people who were like on the swim team were also in. You know, like they, there was a lot of yeah. Crossover, so it wasn't like the jocks, the theater nerds. No, yeah, crossover all the time. Like, Love it. Football guys all came to the musicals to support us. We go to the games. Like it was really a fun, lovely, great, great group of people. Really great yeah. group of people. And uh, we still like everybody keeps in touch online. I'm not one of those people that like, you know. I I remember I have to be reminded like you're familiar to me. How do I know you? Like, I just feel like I, some people are so good at right away going, Oh my God, Rose, remember in, you know, 11th grade when you sat behind me and said this, and I'm just like, what? Like now that all this stuff's going on, I watched the, the, not to get political, but watching the trial, the hearings and everything, the trials, Uh I was thinking, thinking. I learned all this in government class in high school, but you need a refresher course. Man, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. different branches oh, yeah. of government. I'm like, was I, what was I doing? Was I not paying attention? I mean, I know a lot more than a lot of people, but I, <sighs> yeah, but it was a good high school experience. And that's what, um, it was funny that you asked for a teen picture because I thought, Oh, what's the, what's the story with like wondering about those years? Like the, my high school was, we were the first group in that high school that they let people in, in ninth grade for whatever reason, the, the districting changed and ninth grade oh, yeah. was considered part of junior high. So we were the first ninth graders to go to high school. Oh, gotcha. The teachers all saying, you're acting like a bunch of ninth graders. We're like, we are ninth graders. <laughs> like I was a freshman and I remember thinking like, this is the big time. Like, it was yeah. so weird. I was, like, I was like, this is what it's all about. And it was like, <laughs> it was just like every movie you ever saw about high school, except yeah. not, not bad, you know, not, it wasn't scary and horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I have just terrifying high school. I know, I know. They're almost like Carrie, you know, like crazy stuff. Yeah, the bullying thing is um, kind of just yeah. It's and then and then there are people who are like, you know, well, if you don't remember there being bullies, you were the bully. And you're like, well, I mean, no, that's an oversimplification. I don't think Rose was, was a bully. I think no. probably that's not what was we going had on. So here. much fun. I do, I do remember like getting really into the theater department and to the point where. Like the teacher, Mrs. Bortz was like, she'd let us eat lunch in her office. And it became like this little club. No, sure. Use the set pieces from different shows to be like, this is the troll bridge from some dumb show that was like, you know, done, but uh-huh. we could still use it to sit on and eat lunch and talk about who's, who's allowed on the bridge, who wasn't, but it was in good fun. We didn't yeah. like exile anybody, you know, I, I don't yeah. know anyway. but yeah, it was a really happy time. And then I remember they let us, there was um, old cinder block dressing rooms. And they let us for a dollar, you could buy a brick and paint your oh, that's cute. name on a brick. So I remember I loved Carol Burnett show. And my friend sent away, he figured out a way to write CBS and get like the scripts from the Carol Burnett show. So wow. I looked her logo because it was red lips. And in yeah. painted it really carefully, red lips with the Ro- Rosie Abdu show. In the, and somebody t- went years, years, years later and took yeah. a picture of it and sent it to me. It was still there. Like, and it was still there? That's lovely. So, they let us each paint a brick for a dollar. What that? However, only a dollar. I don't know. I have some numbers. some people might argue you could have painted it for free because your school shouldn't charge you for painting a little mural, <laughs> Rick. <laughs> it's defacing. It was the drama teacher's like la la la. I'm going to the race. Yeah. 
But I remember eating lunch. Lunch was always a salted bagel. I haven't had a bagel with salt on it probably since 1980. And and a um, fudgesicle from the machine in the hall. Oh my God. I just felt yes. so adult to be able to like, I bought an ice cream bar for lunch. Like meanwhile, oh my God. it is the most un- nutritious love. Yeah. Ever we I think back on my snack bar, especially in grade school. Mm-hmm. I don't know why grade school. I think we I don't remember having a snack bar anytime other than fourth through sixth grade. But we definitely had a snack bar and student council members definitely uh, would run it. And I guess I must have been in student council, although, boy, I cannot remember actually being in student council. But I think I might have worked there for like, you know, uh, so but I ate so many pickles in a bag Ooh. and then saladitos. I don't know if you had just like, I don't know. It, yeah. Is it an Arizona thing? I I don't know if it's an Arizona. I think it might be like a Mexican thing, but it's a, it's a dried prune mm-hmm. that um, has been covered in chili and salt. Um, and, uh, and then a lot of the time you'll stick it into a, you'll, if you buy it, it'll be stuck into a lemon. I mean, it's very, very sour, sweet. Um, I guess there's sugar on it too, but, um, but I mean, you know, that's not, there's that's nothing so nutritious. Like, like kid snack, I think. Well, it is. It, it is. If you're not. Yeah, because I was I went to a school in the barrio and I and I truly did like that's all the all the candy I ate was Mexican candy. So everything had was like had tamarind in it right. or chili powder or, you know, there were How just like peanut um, things with the rose on it. I love La Rose. There's always they're always. For yep. The, yeah. Yep. Those little peanuts. Um, I mean, I think about the amount of just chili, <laughs> like just straight chili powder that I was consuming on a regular basis. And it's kind of insane. Like I, I, it, it's, yeah, it was nuts, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, the snack bar just eating garbage and like, no. oh, I never got tired of it. Like there was never a day where I was like, I don't think I want a pickle today. <laughs> I was like, God, obviously I'm going to have a pickle. Hello. You know, people, I have a friend and he thinks his taste, he's like in his sixties and he goes, well, I have the taste of a fourth grader. I thought, you know, people, I mean, I guess it's considered unhealthy. And as you age, you need more balance. But if that makes you happy, like sometimes I feel like people when they get older won't eat something because they think like, well, that's for children. But it's right. You like it. Then, you know, who cares if you want? Yeah. My um, sweetie, when I got Charlie One Niner, went out to get some uh, some Pedialyte and came back with Pediasure and didn't know because everyone was saying like, take take Pedialyte. And he was like, I got it. And I looked at it. I was like. I think this is different. And he was like, no, no, I'm sure. I think it's the same thing. It's, you know, Pedia. And I I was like, I don't know. I think maybe you just bought us like a vitamin milkshake. And what you we wanted was like the kid version, the kid organic (laughs) version of Gatorade. But he's just been knocking back those Pediasures like these are good. Teenagers like baby insure. Isn't that like the baby insure? Yeah. Oh. And it really, but I will say, it really tastes like like a fast food chain vanilla milkshake. This like shit. it tastes like mm. like a like, oh, this, oh, my my McDonald's vanilla milkshake melted down <laughs> to just be like refrigerated temperature instead of frozen. So I could see how you could get sucked in. Yeah. But I was like, I just want you to know it's not doing the thing that Pedialyte <laughs> does. So it's not like checking that box at all oh now i'm gonna be thinking about kid what was the oh wendy's had a chocolate chip cookie i don't eat fast food but i toured with second city so we would stop there were people had their favorite road snacks and we always had to pull into some drive-thru the chocolate chips in wendy's chocolate chip cookie when they had them taste like apollo space food sticks uh-huh grew up when there was the, the saucer or whatever the saucer the spaceship landed there was this eat what the astronauts eat sure wave of stuff when i was growing up in school and they were space food sticks and it was like a chocolate or not like a fake chocolatey stick but i was eating this cookie thinking why does this taste so familiar to me and that's what it was yeah. and i figured it yeah out. yeah space I, love, food. I love any kind of like there's i live in um glendale and close by in highland park there's the vintage candy store galcos oh yeah they have vintage soda pop any kind of like candy that is from our childhood i love love like yeah. puckles, like one of you know, and I really shouldn't have all that stuff with corn syrup, but it's like, I do, I'm, I have a nostalgic thing about miniature food, candy, yeah. you know, old movies. You know, I, I love, I love stuff like that. Do you feel like you're drawn to that even more in the last couple of years? Oh, like so, yeah. since the, since everything just felt like, well, oh, this is new. <laughs> We've never oh, lived through something like this before. Oh, exactly. And I, my mother's going to be 95 next week and she's a very alert 95 year old, but she's, Rosie, what happened? 
what happened to the peak? What is going on? When is this going to end? And she keeps asking me and asking me. And I just finally just went, congratulations. You live long enough to see the end of the world. It's the end of the world. <laughs> you know, not to be a downer or whatever. She can't stop laughing. Oh, I live long enough to see the end of the world. Like, she- <laughs> It's good news for exactly one person, and that person is your mom. Like, oh, I could just think you could not. You this could have been something you you missed all this. So now this is something that we wouldn't have been ever been able to describe to you. You know, that's right. right. So she, it's all new. But I keep saying to my friends, I think I have to keep my mind focused on. Well, at least we knew what it was like before. Like I find myself thinking, I feel really, I feel for people who are young, like the 12, 13 year olds. Cause I'm like, yeah, how much life ahead of you? God, we hope they do. I mean, it's just like, I feel so lucky to be this age because I yeah. really know what it was like all the other times. I don't know. I, just I know. Took a turn. Sorry, everybody. No, <laughs> no, it's not- okay. I will say, yeah. you know, the, the, the feeling that I get or that I have sort of elected to lean into about that is just doing comic cons and stuff and seeing so many young people in their teens and twenties and stubbornly believing like, I do believe you'll fix this. Yes, yes. Like I do think you they will you will idea. certainly be scarred and traumatized right. from all of this. Right. But I do feel like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that is happening that is more, you know, self-aware and empathetic and sort of community aware than, you know, than there was. And so I, I just I'm being very stubborn and and thinking like, you know. The, they're they can they'll they'll have a world for themselves that they i stand. totally agree with you janet and i feel like they're smart they'll work it out but it's like when i think of in school we were taught like there was the indian with the tear don't litter don't litter so we would draw posters you know give a hoot don't pollute i'm really dating myself but i mean the focus <laughs> we've all heard of those do not eat your candy bar and throw the wrapper out the window on a family vacation yeah. like you know we would look at people on the side of the road and go pick that trash up it was all about picking trash up but nobody knew the big picture of like and we're making a hole in the ozone layer and the yeah. you know we just yeah. didn't get i don't know i feel bad like oh we should have started this such a long time ago but we didn't know you know yeah. it's like like someone was telling me oh you know oh that's only recently that people can't smoke when they're pregnant and i go well, my mom, I have a picture of my mother. She's hugely pregnant with me. She's got a giant Pilsner glass of beer in one hand and uh-huh. in the other. And I'm like, look at me. I turned out fine. But I mean, yeah. it, really, it really is different. Like the kind what I, I it makes me think, what will, what are we doing right now that years from now? Like, oh, my God. I know. I agree. You guys can't drink out of aluminum can't or whatever, whatever. Yeah, I know. What will they discover? You're right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate so much being a part of like a comedy world because I've never needed laughter more than I have the last couple of years. And that is such a it's such a gift. Have you found that, too? Like, are you and and was that something that was true for you growing up? Like, are you from, you know, your mom sounds amazing. Is it like are you from a, a sort of a funny household where like laughter? Yes. And my father, my father was very much like kind of George Burns delivery, like very quiet and very, and just funny on accident a lot. And he's Lebanese. Yes. He was born. How in did they meet? Do you know what? It's, I love, thank you for asking me that because I love telling this. My father was on vacation in, in Florida and his family said, you should go to the Dominican Republic. It's short flight from Miami. My father's father was a Roman Catholic Monsignor, a priest, very high up in the Roman Catholic church. He would go every year to Dominican Republic to bless the Dominican baseball team. 
And he said to my father, you should come with me. Well, the, through relatives and friends, he had seen a picture of my mother and he goes, hey, she's really cute. He was 46 and she was like, they were 13 years apart. So somebody do the math, 33, 32. And they met at a party and she barely knew English, but she knew he came from a good family. His brother was the priest, his father she had met before. And three days they went to dinner party, dinner party, dinner party. He goes, she fixed me a nice plate from the buffet table and that's all I needed. Like he just thought, who is this girl? And she was like, oh, his little eyes light up behind his glasses when he saw her. And that was it. They met. They fell in love. And he goes, I think we should get married. She goes, when? And three days they got married. They were happily married for 40 years. In oh, three days they knew. That's great. quite a story. Isn't that something? So she that's came amazing. here. She knew nothing but from American movies. She did not know about the United States. She came in May. So it was gorgeous. There was all these like trees in Michigan with pink flowers. And then when it snowed, she picked it. She goes, it's cold. She thought it was like cotton because in the movies, you know, she couldn't. Oh, yeah. She had no idea. So she was from it was fun growing up with a mom who was like America. Like both my parents are like, this is the great, you know, the greatest place you could ever live. And so they, they had a very romantic story. And she said she felt like Grace Kelly. And so it was so to me, it was like anyone I ever went out with. If I didn't love them after three days, I'd be like move on. Not that I was ever (laughs) married, but you know what I mean? I just, yeah, it's pointless. You should, you should be in love after three days or you, Oh, wow. That is a weird accidental standard. Yeah. See however many people you wanted, but, but he was very funny. She's very funny. She one day said to me, you know, I think like, uh, I, I love Woody Allen movies. This is before all this stuff. Yeah. If I have command of the language, I, I think I make jokes like him. Like, it's very funny. Like she loves She's a Dominican woman of a certain age. She loves Seinfeld. She could tell you the plot of every episode of Seinfeld. And uh-huh. It's really weird because if you think about it, it's like, what does she have in common with them? But she did. She did. I love and that. I imitated relatives. I think like a lot of people that worked at Second City, you know, your first characters are all people from your life. Yeah. But I found that I, I love being around funny people. And the thing that bonded the Second City group that I came up with, like, you know, I toured with Steve Colbert and Scott Adsit and Steve Carell and, you know, Chris Farley and. All those guys were so funny. We all loved old TV. Like everyone talked about their favorite shows and staying up late to watch the Tonight Show, even though their parents didn't want them to stay up that late. You know, and I felt like these are my people. You know, I yeah. I love that. But I feel like now kind of proud of being in the field because for a while I was like, you know, is there something else I should be doing? I don't know. And during the pandemic, people turned to streaming. Like people needed content. And I felt proud that it's like, wait, I'm supplying you with stuff that keeps you company and keeps your mind off whatever the bigger picture of what's going on. And I feel very, you know, blessed to be part of like the storytelling world. You know, you've done a billion things like that where you're just like, this is valuable. Like this is a patch for people, you know? And yeah, yeah, it made me, I think what happened in the past couple of years, it made me realize the importance of it. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I feel exactly the same. Were your parents like when you because you said you were doing theater in uh, high school, were you also doing other stuff? Had you kind of expressed to them like, you know, guys, I really love this. And did they have an opinion about that? And like sort of where it was going to take you in your life? I love that question because we go on family trips like they would go to AAA and plan the big you know, road trip from Michigan to Florida and try and show us everything in Disneyland and everything else. And I, my father had a giant Oldsmobile and I always took the seatbelt and I'd go, <laughs> but like, <this> <laughs> we never wore, we never wore, and on our left, the studies, <laughs> keeps America going. Like I was constantly tour guiding in the car with the seatbelt and my mother would go, Rosie, please take a nap. Like they were just like, oh my God, this will not shut up. And I constantly was tour guys. I'm going to be a tour guide. I'm going to be a tour guide. And I said it so many times. That's where they would take me to museums because I could see. And I was fascinated by anyone who did like the tour guide on the boat or the tour guide in the museum and the tour. Then as I aged, I realized I wanted to be like a foreign correspondent. And I told everybody that I'm going to be a foreign correspondent. Then I realized, do I really just want a trench coat? I kind of just want to. <laughs> then I got to Michigan State. After I did every play in high school, my parents came out the fit. You know, everybody came to see everything I did. I go to Michigan State's huge school. Like it was 46,000 people. And at the time, I love saying this to kids today because everything's online. We had to go to the racquetball court, stand in line for hours. And there were those punch cards with the hanging chair. That's how you register for class. Oh, yeah. Look over and go, telecommunication, I'm going to be a newscaster. And the line was so long. And I was like, I got friends waiting for me for lunch. I got to go. The theater was this long. The theater lines were like three (laughs) people. So I just kept going, oh, let me get one of these. So it was like, 
Russian roulette. Like I just kept getting in line for wow. because there was no line. So people say to me, oh, how did you start doing this? I go, I didn't like waiting. In line. <laughs> <laughs> so I took theater. Cl- By then I had so many uh, theater classes. I was like, well, I might as well just stay here and get another degree in this. So, it was like, you know, it kind of happened by accident, I guess is what I'm saying. But I really loved um, the people, the kind of people that were attracted to theater and telling stories. I find them to be the more open-minded people and just funny people. And I loved yeah. that. I loved them. They reminded me of people in my own family. And it was like the chosen family, you know, and then it yeah. happened again. I moved to Chicago because I didn't know how to drive. <laughs> I thought, well, let me. Is that why? I mean, in the sense of you knew you wanted to. Yeah go somewhere else. But it was like, where do I not? Yeah, I knew I wanted to get out and be in a city. And then a friend of mine, Bill Ellison, he worked at Second City and he goes, you you should come and audition for it. I started taking classes. A group had come to Michigan State to perform. And I thought, this is so amazing. They're creating scenes with yes. no set, with no costumes, just four chairs. I was fascinated by it. And I, and that's what made me want to start doing it. And then I auditioned and then the rest is, I, I started working with yeah, a lot of a lot of really cool people came through at the time I was there. So I yeah. was very very lucky. Yeah. Did you uh have like you you talked about seeing the people at, that came to the school were there people that came before you that were that you sort of understood their style to be something that felt like Yeah. That's yes. This I love I love that this person like yes. as you're taking classes and starting to understand like oh people kind of have even if the curriculum's the same people sort of have their you know grooves that they kind of yeah well I had loved Nichols and May because I had an album my aunt had the Nichols and May and I thought I walk in Second City and I went there they are on the wall you know it was like Alan Arkin Schreiber you know Burns and Schreiber Ed Asner Joan Rivers like there were people that on these black and white pictures on the wall and I thought wow this is where it all this is this is it so yeah. when I auditioned, I was, there was 350 people auditioning and the theater, um, the producer at the time, Joy Sloan said, we're only picking two women. You know, it was hard for women. It was like in a group, there'd be four guys and two girls. It was always- And they knew, more- they knew in advance, like we're only, only picking two. They only needed two for their touring company. So they would see 350 people to find two. Well, I didn't know those odds. When you're young, you don't think like, oh, I don't have a chance. And sure. Okay, whatever. So I get on stage and they're like, do as many characters through the door. Maybe it was called three through the door or whatever it was. And I remember Last Temptation of Christ had just come out. And I uh-huh. had a movie, but I chose to be a nun on a panel, a talk show panel. And I was speaking about the movie. I don't even remember what I said, but I got a call that night. I auditioned because I thought it would be fun. I was working at a real estate company. And then they said to me, she called me, Joy Sloan called me and she said, we want you to audition. We want you to, to be a member of the touring company and you're going to understudy Bonnie Hunt. What? Well, I was in classes when Mike Myers was on stage and I was in classes. So I came up with, you know, Ian Gomez and Steve Colbert, Paul Danello, Amy Sedaris. Those were my, that was my group. And then, yeah. you know, Tina Fey and those Rachel Dratch were a little bit right after me, but what a huge time, massive amount of, of talent and, and variations of different styles that came through around that period of time it was really incredible. Did it, was it competitive or did it feel like a little, it was competitive. I mean, there were so many strong women when I was yeah. doing it and I liked that. And we really got along. I mean, I really feel like the, we were, it was fun. It was competitive in the way that, you know, you'd be in a show and feel like, well, this is the thing. When we were touring, I remember people saying like, she's got more scenes than I do, or he's in, you know, this person's heavy in the first act and there's too many. Right. Well, there was always a part of me that thought we're all getting paid the same. So it's like, all right, right. you want to, you want to sweat in 10 scenes? I'll, I'll be in three. I don't care. You know, but like I thought yeah. it's better to have, I realized it was better to have just a few that really showcased you well than do yes. money. And yes. the thing I felt like that because I feel like that has been the career <laughs> I've had in TV is like, there was a documentary. I'm sure you've heard of it called that guy who was in that thing. Oh yeah. You need to make one for girls because I have the career that I always loved when I was little. I'd watch movies and go, oh, there's that lady again. Yeah. Yeah. She knows her name, but she played the doctor in that thing. And then the nosy neighbor in that thing. And then this person in that thing. And that's who I became, you know, that's. Yeah. So it was kind of good that I didn't really like, I don't need to be like the lead and everything. I just wanted to just be part of it. So keep giving me the jobs. Yeah, keep yeah. giving me the jobs. Don't get tired of me. Don't put me in too much. So it's, oh, I'm oversaturating anything. Just let me work. Let I, me work. I was so in love with a show that you did years ago. And I'm sure you did a lot of stuff before that, but it was when I first knew of you was happy hour. Oh yeah. 
love you in that show. I just remember thinking, and I remember going like, this is so cool now that you can look. Cause before when you'd watch TV, when we were little, you'd be like, just have to remember who is in what now it's like, yeah. you just go to your, you know, look up like what's that person's name. I want to know. And I remember certain people I would look up to go. I want to remember who that is. Yeah. That's how good you were. It was such I, a nice, what a nice group of people. Such a cool group of talented people. Really. Yeah. That was one of yeah. the shows that you go, what? I used to feel like, is there something about when I love something, why does it go away? Like, no, absolutely. like oh my gosh, every time. I know. And then other things stay on forever that you go, who's watching that? I know. Fascinating to me. But I know. Great big world out there. So I <laughs> it is a great big world I'm out there. I'm so fascinated by shows that you go, uh, 11th season, really? Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah. And then there's other things that I go, oh, I love. But I have, I'm a fan of TV still, but I still now find it hard. You've done so much. So do you watch it and go, but you've done so much. Well, you've I, done everything. You, I wanted to ask you because you've done so many things. Is to, do you, can you enjoy it? Do you go, how many takes do they have to, they have to do? Like sometimes I can't get into the story of it. I'm going like, Girl, wow, I wonder how many times. I can't watch comedy. No, I can't. I can't that. watch comedy. I can't watch comedy uh, unless maybe, I mean, I think, I feel like I gravitate towards maybe like a British dramedy. Yes. Yeah. I'm fine. But if it's like, all my fr- all my shows, all the shows that my friends are on, I'm like, I can't watch that. Mm. I'll maybe watch an episode to be like, you're brilliant. Of course you're brilliant. We all, well, I already knew that. Right. But it's not, it's, 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 I'm either, there's some reason I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it because I auditioned for it and didn't get it. Same. I'm thinking about it because I'm fascinated by why the writing ends up the way it is and I trying know. to imagine where in the noting process it sort of got diluted so or you, say that you know what I mean it's just like very I love yeah. hearing you say that because I feel the exact same way I find myself liking hybrid things like I watched um the rehearsal last night on HBO Nathan Fielding or Fielder Nathan oh yeah 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 or it's incorporating a very funny dry person with real people I love yeah. I love Nathan Field Ding. Nathan oh my Fielding. god right I Nathan love Fielding. watching things like and then I realized as a kid I loved candid camera I love things where real people get in situations that I go <laughs> and they had to sign that waiver and they said okay. <laughs> they said okay like they had to I get them. I like oof I get like a I get the uncomfortable creepy crawly feeling about like people being embarrassed or like I tip over quickly into like oh no what now I just feel bad for that jerk um <laughs> I watch it Wrapped fascination. You know what I haven't watched yet is the Japanese, like, you're old enough now to go do a little job on your own. Have you heard of this? No. Oh, oh okay. I've heard of this. Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Have you watched They're it yet? Very young. No, no. I've we need to make a we need to make a pack that both of us go and watch it because everyone is like, I cannot believe you haven't watched it yet. A tiny child who's like holding a little list. That's oh, go. <laughs> and they go out into the world and they're yeah. safe. Yes. I have, I saw yeah. it online, but I haven't seen a whole mm-hmm. like, I love stuff. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, okay. I sit down I, to watch and I don't know what to watch. I get overwhelmed. So I have to, I should oh, yeah. a little list because I know I, I get, I, if my husband did I do have a list. But the, but what happens is I start making the list and then somehow I'll just go back and watch whatever's at the top of the list and like it never gets there's like stuff down way down in there, like I still have. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that this list has existed since it's been since it was on because that would be the saddest thing in the world, <laughs> but I still have the number one ladies dicta- detective agency on my list and that came out like 15 years ago and recommended by a bajillion people <laughs> i'll get to it i'll get yeah to it. i know there's yeah so much good stuff to yeah. watch and i have friends and things that i've meant to see and it's hard it is hard to keep up but i love tv and i love yeah i love it and i love that now i feel like it's important what we do. Uh, i agree and i'm so happy that you know someone was just saying to me like oh you know so-and-so's in this series, it's their first time ever doing television. I was like, I feel like we can retire that. I feel like we can retire like, ooh, it's their first time ever doing television. It's like, we all know that TV is better than most movies now, right? Like, it's not it's not that, like, impressive to be in films and to avoid television. Like, you're missing right. all the good stuff if you're not doing TV. Right. So I'm not surprised it's every, you know, everybody came over and wants to do a great series. Yeah, that's back in the day when people were like, um, it was a huge deal if a movie star would do TV. But yeah. It's like everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Mm-hmm. 
Carrie, is it? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Carrie. I am Psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Yes, Those I'm are... sensing that. The oh. spirits are telling me. It is a show about Well, it's about poodles. like fringe science and yes, spirituality and correct. claims of the paranormal. And oh, you knew that. You do research online. You, But more importantly, like we do in-person you, investigations. In-person investigate yeah. as well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. See? Me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend Ross, same name as you. Weird. He and I just go and try them all out. And actually, we've gone to a number of psychics. And to be honest with you, it's a lot like this. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. They can find it at MaximumFun.org. I could have told you that. I got to play this mash game with you. I don't know if you're prepared for this or not, but um, at the at the end of every episode, I play this mash game. It's a game that I was taught as a youngster. And essentially, it's just like a, a schoolyard game that trades in wish fulfillment. So Ooh. it should just be like a positive thing that leaves you thinking about some of your favorite things. Um, but it's also very sci-fi because I'm going to create an alternate universe world for you, Rose, that is um, going to look potentially very different from this universe and you can just enjoy knowing that alternate universe rose is just having all of this if you want to swap places with her for a minute you go ahead okay so first i'm going to start out with um given our last piece of conversation three tv shows it doesn't matter if they're on anymore or not three tv shows that we get to add you to as a cast member i would like to be added to green acres great Mm -hmm. i'm going to be added to that girl. Great. And I'm going to be added to Beverly Hill. <laughs> I thought you might say Carol Burnett. Oh, that's such a good one. We'll switch mine to Carol Burnett. Okay. Oh, that's so good. Because I got excited about the idea of seeing you in that cast. I think you would fit oh, in seamlessly. Fine. Seamlessly. Okay. Next one is three foods that in this reality, you know, you eat too much, you feel sick, or it's bad for the environment in some way, or you're allergic to it, or it's something that you had that's very exotic that you haven't been able to find the likeness of since that one time you had that perfect whatever. In this reality, all everything is available. Snap of your fingers. You can have it whenever you want. Um, three foods that you would like to be able to have at the snap of your fingers with zero ramifications. This is the best question anyone <laughs> in the history of time. Amen. I would like to have as much black licorice. I know that's polarizing. People either love it or they hate it. I mean, I love it. Coil from it. Do you? Yeah, and I really like the the like the German salty licorice. I love, like I love it all. I love mostly unsalted, but I will eat salted. I love black licorice. I would love to eat unlimited. Black licorice. I would like unlimited pizza all day, every day. Pizza. Thank you. And I would like to eat. Well, I'm just going to go for the giant fudgiest pan of brownies. Why not? Great. Great. Not the edges. I don't care. You can have the edges. I want it thick, dense, like a brownie so heavy that if you dropped it, you'd be like, that hurt my foot. (laughs) Yes. I wouldn't feel sick. I wouldn't feel itchy from it. I wouldn't know all the things that no, no, no. Nothing bad can happen. Nothing. Okay. Next one. Let's do three places in the world you would love to have another home if we could sort of teleport you there. Ooh, I would like a home. And mind you, I've never been there, but I I know from the pictures, Janet. I applaud this. I applaud not having been there and still wanting it. Tuscany, because I've seen pictures. Yeah. That's a very safe bet. Absolutely. I want a home in London. I've never been there either. How about that? I've only been to Spain. And I would like, for sure, a beautiful apartment in New York. I don't even care where. Somewhere in New York. That's a cool neighborhood. I should have told you, by the way, that MASH stands for mansion, apartment, shack, or house. So you will end up with either a mansion, apartment, shack, or house in one of these places that we've just said. Apartment, shack, or house. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next category, let's do three movies that you can jump into whenever you want. You're not reliving the plot. It's just you're able to just be in that world with those characters in oh, that environment. I got to get into Goodfellas. I'm, in, I'm so into that world. So right. into And The Godfather, I don't have much, right. much difference. And I'm going to go into, um, I think I'm going to go into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Why not? Oh, great. Yeah. Wait, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory yeah. or Charlie in the Chocolate? Willy Wonka, the one with Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Willy Wonka. Yeah. I needed to make that very important distinction. Yes. Yes, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely. You know, it's funny because when you said that earlier, I thought Coraline. 
because I love crawling. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Do you want to trade out one of the two? No. no? You're very comfortable with Goodfellas and Godfather. Yeah. Got to get those mafias in there. Uh, Got to get them in there. That world. And I think what happened to me that I can't, I, I am fascinated by the, the world. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Uh, okay. Next, let's do, let's do three places in time or three times or eras that I can send you back to, to visit and you're in a safety bubble. So nothing bad can happen to you. Okay. Well, I love the forties. I think the fashion of the forties. I just, Oh yeah. And Absolutely. I think, you know, I would like to be in the, the Gatsby era. So what do we want to call it? Yeah. Them? Like the jazz age, like mm-hmm. the roaring twenties. That would be so fun. Great. And then I just for kicks, because I was a baby, really, I want to know what that early period of the 60s was like when Kennedy was first elected president. Yeah, absolutely. All went off the rails. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Great. Okay. All due respect to your wonderful husband. All due respect. In this alternate universe, for whatever reason, you don't connect. So three you know what I mean? It's uh, luck of the draw. Three people. They can be from any age, any era. They can be from a book character in a cartoon. I don't care. Three that you would love to have some romance or sexy times with. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. well, I might as well just say Willy Wonka. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> he owns a candy factory. Of course I'm going to pick him. No, I'm kidding. He wears um, suspenders and a ruffly <laughs> shirt. Of course I'm going to pick him. This is a character from a movie, correct? Oh, it doesn't have to be. You could say John F. Kennedy. I doubt you will. But or, you know, oh, you, could say, you could say Paul Jr. Newman. I, circa, blah, blah, blah. And I would have been friends. I think John F. Kennedy Jr. and I would have been friends. Yeah. So why don't we put him there? Great. Well, JFK Jr. Sure. Great. And then who else? This is so difficult for me. What's wrong? I don't have like a. Do I not have a good fantasy life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My aim is to no expose one, to you matter. your sad, yeah. sad fantasy you know what? Yeah. Who's a character that I love? Like, I really literally can't think of it. When I was a little girl, I loved um, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have it, Janet. I, I am absolutely putting that, that on here. Pinocchio. You did it to have. yourself. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Pinocchio, I love Great. the other person I mentioned, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka, and JFK uh, Jr. Those are my choices. <laughs> <laughs> a wooden puppet, a candy factory owner, a very <laughs> handsome son of a political. <laughs> That's very, very, very pleasing to me. Uh, I could make it work with Willy Wonka. I think it's like in the morning. I'm going to be. Why didn't I say? It? And I, won't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say like you know. What's his name? Serpico. What's his name? <laughs> yeah, Al Pacino. What's it? Scarface. I wouldn't say oh, that. Oh, Scarface. You know, yeah. like I love mob movies, but I'm not going to say, you know, Don Corleone. Where, yeah. Like, no. What's his name from The Godfather? You know, that yeah. kind of got ruined for me because Al Pacino's character, of course, I loved in The Godfather. But then I saw him not that long ago in a play in New York, and I was like, mm. uh oh, no. Kind of got, yeah. Yeah. You're done. Um, well, that's what that's the magic of uh, the Italian stallion that you will possibly end up with. Pinocchio. <laughs> Ageless. <laughs> Ageless and timeless. And still think Italian. about it. Think of how smart that it was. My li- I was the first play I ever saw as a little girl. And my mother said the Fisher Theater, those seats were like the kind that would the velvet seats that went up when mm-hmm. you got up. And I was such a little kid that they had to put all the purses on the seat behind me to keep it down. And my mother yeah. said that when the blue fairy appeared. I went in the quiet theater, Fisher Theater, gorgeous giant theater in Detroit. And I went, there she is. <laughs> and I was furious with people for laughing at me. My mother goes, she was up so upset the people laugh. And now she's upset when the people don't laugh. <laughs> so I love that. I'm thinking now, I didn't realize on a conscious level, I saw Pinocchio as a little kid. But think about it to pick him for my guy because yeah. outwardly, as soon as he lies, you can tell their nose is growing. That's true. You're in good shape. You're going to be able to call him on it like, eh, 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 not so fast. Also, I love, I, I'm sort of imagining you silently pulling money out of all the purses to get back at the people who were laughing at you. Oh, am I cute? Am I so cute? Uh-huh. Get that. Oh, that. that feels like a 20. Theater snacks. I love uh-huh. it. That was the live show that I saw that was fascinating to me. It's like the Geppetto and the puppet and everything. Oh, yeah. It's all coming together now. You made an impression on me. Let me tell you this. No, you tell me this. Three plays that you haven't gotten to see 
whether they've been made into plays or it's just a production you didn't get to see that sort of gives you that same magical feeling. Like, I'm not saying you know that they would. I'm saying like we are creating a situation in which if you saw The Lion King, that's a bad example. But, um, you know, you would have that same adrenalized feeling of like, there she is. Like three plays that we can make for you. I did see The Lion. My Susie took me to see The Lion King on my birthday. And I had that feeling of like the animals coming down the aisles. Like it was that. Oh, yeah. Turn to like when I was little. I loved that feeling. Yes. So that's what I'm saying is like I said it's a bad example because I assumed you had had seen it. But if there's something that like it could even be something that you never that has never been made into a play that you could that you can sort of turn into a play like, oh, I loved this book when I was like, oh, what's the giving tree play look like if it Uh has this sort of magical like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, your world building a little bit. Well, do you remember a book called The Borrowers of Field? Yeah, right. The borrowers, yeah, when they were little, and they used to, yeah, talk, like to me. I believe <gasps> at some point there was probably a movie, but I would, yeah, to see that, like the musical, oh, yeah, borrowers, maybe. I don't know. Oh my gosh, because then everything is time, yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Back to our first conversation. No, it's great though, yeah. And then I loved Julie Andrews wrote a book called Mandy, and I loved that book when I was little because I remember yeah. there was a room that somebody glued seashells all to the walls of the room it was her seashell room and I just think about that sometimes that scene so maybe if there was something made about that that that's beautiful oh Mandy and then what was the other book I was thinking? you know what I, I've been thinking about this because someone um in Chicago was teaching a class and he said name a short story or a novel that affected you when you were growing up and a lot of people wrote Catcher in the Rye I remember thinking Catcher in the Rye was was a favorite book of mine, but I think I loved that book because all the other things they were forcing us to read, I didn't connect with as much, but I remembered yeah. it made me think that conversation made me think of an, a story. The necklace was a short story that I read years ago about this woman who borrows this fancy necklace and she loses it. And then she has to work. And it's like about how you can't lie because when she finally pays, replaces this necklace that she lost, the woman goes, Oh, mine was paste. And she, she realizes she thought she's replacing, I think, this diamond necklace. And oh. It's like paste, she said, so plastic. Yeah. So I've just been thinking about borrowing things and how this culture is showbiz is like you get the jewels loaned to you and you get the, that's very Cinderella. And the yeah. and everything I read when I was little, whether it's the necklace, there was a book called All of a Kind's Family where one of them borrows the sister's dress and she spills something on it, or Cinderella and she loses the shoe. There's so many stories that are a cautionary tale of don't borrow clothes and jewelry. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's something to do with that. But I want to see that. I mean, yeah. all the things that went wrong or a play of when you borrowed something from someone. Yeah. Okay, great. And clothes. Oh, I'm putting it as the necklace and then I'm going to put a little et all here. Just it stresses me out thinking of what could happen in a thing that someone loaned you, this ball, yeah. and all of a sudden it's like, well, I caught the end of it on fire, but everything else. I think that is, that is definitely, uh, that would de- yeah, that's definitely a fear of mine. I don't think I've ever even borrowed anything that was of oh. value because I absolutely didn't trust myself right. to not ruin like, it. I must say. It ruins the night. Like, ruin, is it worth it? You know what I mean? If you're that person who's going to worry right. about it, then why do it? To plug the show for a second. I'm in a show. So this morning I was gave an interview and she said, oh, you're it's, it's 17 nominations. And are you so excited for the Emmy Awards? I said, and she goes, what are you wearing? And I go, I, I don't know. People are telling me I should borrow a dress. Just the, just even saying I might borrow a dress started yeah. me like, oh, yeah. And I'm very careful. person. And I was like, someone's going to spell wine on me. You know? Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm now, now I need to like follow up and find out what do you end up deciding? Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's such a cool game. I mean, it really makes your mind go to like all the other corners that you haven't looked in. in right. Oh, I love that. That's why I love it. I'm addicted to this game. Okay. And then final category for you. Woo, what do I want to do? Are the categories you? different every time you play this next game? There's, there's ones that are consistent. Like there's always the food one. There's always the romance one. Um, I've, I love hearing what movies people would jump into. So I would say that is consistent. It just depends on if like sometimes, oh, what am I thinking? Of course I know what I want to do for you. Mm. Um, I need to do something with miniatures. Oh. Let's do three places in the world or even just like, one house or one little or one castle, whatever, but three physical places in the world that I'm going to give you a perfect, like a magical room that has perfectly miniaturized every aspect of it. 
So it could be like your childhood home or, or it could yeah. be, you know, Buckingham Palace or it could now, be. Am I and it's going to be time. I get to shrink down and be in there or I'm yeah. looking at it. Okay. So yeah. it comes with the shrink. It comes with the shrink. <gasps> <gasps> and you get to like wander around it. Oh, yeah. Fun. Ooh, that's a good one. For whatever reason, I'm like thinking the breakers. When I was a little girl, my parents took us to Rhode Island and every, you know, my sister, every kid, there were just two of us. But we got to pick what we wanted to do for the day. And I wanted to see mansion tour. I want to go on a mansion tour. So there's oh yeah the mansions to pick. So I chose the breakers because it was, I think, Cornelius Vanderbilt mansion. Uh-huh. And I got to go tour this mansion and I just remember the rooms and the Hearst Castle. Yes. I would love that replica of the Hearst Castle. Okay, great. And be tiny. Because there was an indoor pool with all that tile. Yeah. Oh God, gorgeous. Tiny, tiny tiles. Love. Okay. Hearst Castle. Do am I putting uh breakers in too? Breakers. Yeah, breakers. I went to Spain with my family and there was a um the Palau in Barcelona. It was all these little tiny towns. I remember thinking it was so beautiful. I got mad. You know when your emotions are like, I'm so happy, I'm so happy, I'm so euphoric, I have nowhere else to go but down into like <laughs> yeah. I made a complete circle of I've never been happier, I've never been more and now I'm angry. Yeah. I'm angry. I think that happens with really good food too, where you're like eating it and you're like, This is uh, why am I angry now? Like, <laughs> mine goes. But yeah, somewhere in Spain with all the Gaudi art- architecture. I love inlay. Oh, Gaudi. Oh, yes, indeed. Mosaics. And if that was shrunken down tiny and I was looking at it. Oh, that'd be oh Gaudi. Yeah. I've never been to Spain and uh, and I've been told, like, you've got to see this Gaudi stuff in person. It's going to blow your mind. You can't believe they could figure out how to do it. You just yeah. can't believe it. You're just looking at it and you go, oh. Just when anything's built before the age of like, and a crane brought this in, you're like, how did they do this? Yeah. Like it's 806. It's yeah. 806. How did they make these cutlets? Blows me away. It's so amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. All right. Give me a number between one and eight. Seven. Great. Um, While I do some very important uh, metaphysical any mini mini mo type calculations will you please tell people i'd love for you to reiterate where they can find you um maybe give a, another little shout out to hacks and anything else you want people to know about yeah. um and i will uh i will be f- yeah. figuring out your your 100 guaranteed mash alternate universe i love it well please watch hacks on hbo max if you haven't already you can catch up on season one it's streaming and season two of hbo max's hacks 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 and <laughs> he's starting season three i don't know when we're starting season three there's going to be a show on hulu called reboot created by steve levitan who created modern family yeah stars paul reiser and keegan michael key johnny knoxville judy greer rose abdu and a lot of other very talented people and that's going to start, I do not know when, but I said to my friend, get Hulu if you don't have it, or you're going to miss this really cool show. That's about um, a hit sitcom in the late 80s, I think, that gets reboot. And that's why it's called Reboot. And I play an older writer on that. And there's a movie coming out called Something from Tiffany that I did um, with Zoe Deutsch. And that's going to come out, I think, on Christmas. Um, oh, nice. And I have a very small part in that, but I, that was super fun. So I think that's the stuff I have coming out. Great. Ish. Brilliant. Um, I have your future. This is um I'm feeling really good about this. I think I you'll enjoy it as well. Game. I want to learn it so I can do it to other people. I can make that very possible. Uh, it's quite easy. You can make up your own categories for people based on what you know about them and what you think they would enjoy, or you can torture them with things that they don't want to end up with that you can I'm make them think like you made me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, okay, first of all, I'm going to congratulate you on your beautiful apartment. We'll call it a flat because it's in London. Okay. Beautiful flat in London. I must say, I just spent more time in London than I ever have, which was still only like maybe a week total. Hmm. And I'm in love with it. And I wasn't before the lot. The other times I went, I was like, I was like, oh, this is so charming. I totally get it. But I didn't really get it until this last time. And now I'm like, how could, could I move there? Could I move uh-huh. there for a minute? Like, it's wonderful. Uh, OK, so beautiful flat in London. Very excited about that. Uh, I <laughs> I also <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was going to say the fact that you end up with Willy Wonka for the end. But I <laughs> my eye keeps being drawn <laughs> to it. Listen. I couldn't be happier. 
So I just want to put it out there.、Um, I'm excited about this. It's very easy for me to imagine him. He's very dapper. Listen, he walks with a cane. He's got a top hat. Where else but London is he going to be happy? Got a velvet、um, coat on. I'm perfectly happy. Exactly. Tongue in his pockets. Ah.、Oh, exactly.、Yeah. In touch with his childlike self,、uh, but still、uh, responsible enough to run a really great business.、Um, you also have the ability to jump back to the. Roaring Twenties to the Jazz Age to the Gatsby era.、Um, I'm excited for you because you've got these different points of entry for that. You can be here in the States and kind of have that, you know, New York in the Twenties feeling. You can see what LA was like, which I find fascinating. As I get older and live in LA longer, I'm like more and more fascinated by the history of this weird city.、Huh? But you can also go to like, oh, London in the Twenties. Oh, sorry, did you want to bop over to Paris in the Twenties? Yes,、Ugh. you do. So you can visit the Twenties. You also can jump into The Godfather、Ooh. whenever you want. Get some of that smoldering, it's kind of silky mafia energy,、um, which is a totally different vibe. You're just getting a, a real slice of a bunch of different lives, which I think is great. You are also、uh, somehow、uh, in the cast of Green Acres. There you go. So, congrats on that. You have a pig named Arnold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of、um, <laughs> penoir sets with marabou feathers on my.、Uh, you bet you do. You bet you do. You also have created this beautiful play for us all to enjoy of The Borrowers.、Mm. You, a very cool, very like everything's big, we're tiny.、Uh, we get to watch and be tiny when we're watching the show. And speaking of shrinking down and being tiny, you also have your very own breakers. That you can just shrink down as you can. You can play with it as a、uh, full-grown human, or you can shrink down and hang out as a little tiny person inside of this perfectly rendered miniature、uh, mansion. Heavenly, not bad, right? No, and that just leaves us with when you just want to kick back and just think about how fantastic all of this is. I want to make sure you're wearing a steel-toed boot because you're going to have a pan of brownies whenever <laughs> you want it. And they're gonna be heavy. They're heavy. Real I heavy. Won't, I won't drop a crumb.、Um, <laughs> used to be like now for my from from my taste. Like now is not magical. Right now, I can't do any of those things. I love hearing about it. But I was thinking, if I could just even sit on the couch watching, if I had enough time to sit down and watch The Godfather, just eating a half a brownie, I'd be happy. You know, like.、Yeah. It's like, well, maybe you you'll make that happen. You sort of tuck it away, and right, yeah, yeah. Like,、exactly. why? Why can't I take some of those elements and some things that I fantasize about are kind of achievable? Like, I can, yes, yeah, you know, a hundred percent. Soon we'll be able to travel more. I should go to London. Like, what am I waiting for? I should. I need to do. Yeah, I will, I'm excited for you to go to London. I think we put it out there. I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's something happens where they're like, and you'll be shooting this in London. I know.、So. I love that.、But、you can also make it happen for yourself, but I'm just saying. Life has a weird way of doing that.、So. Yes, yes, I believe.、Um, yeah, yeah. Love it.、Uh, well, Rose, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you.、I'm、so happy. And we, I have, we know so many people in common, and more. I know. To me, I don't even remember. I think it was James C. Yes, it was James、and、C. I was like, well, I want to do it, but like you said, a lot. He of- brought you up, and I was like, I've never actually gotten like no one has ever actually sent me her contact information. He was, and he immediately sent it, and I immediately、so、reached、glad. out. I'm so glad because I'm such a fan of yours, and it was meant to happen like right back、now. at you. Yeah, yeah. The show is produced by Julian Burrell and Christian Duenas, and as always, the JV Club theme song is "Back Before We Were Brittle" by the amazing Say Hi. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.